Peace, everybody, and welcome to the Bama Insider YouTube channel. We really love having you with us and appreciate your time tonight as we'll talk about Alabama sports. Of course, we're the Alabama rival site. You can always check out all the latest in recruiting and what the Crimson Tide are doing on BamaInsider.com. He's Kyle Henderson. He's the managing editor of Bama Insider. I'm Mick Gillespie. A pleasure to have you with us tonight. We will take your calls at 205-850-0883. And we got so much to talk about as well. And we'll hear from you guys uh, in the process. But uh, Kyle, having you here, I know you want to talk about football. You're going to kill me, but I got to bring up basketball. They got a huge game tonight against Arkansas, a win tonight, and Alabama is SEC champs, regular season champs, which uh, after a heated debate on Monday night, I think is more important than uh, the tournament. And for all of you guys, before Kyle jumps in that are watching, make sure you give us the thumbs up, subscribe to our channel. Dude, we're like at 50,000 subscribers. It's unbelievable, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, pretty amazing to see the growth here on YouTube. You know, kind of the, um, I, I mean, I think it's been remarkable considering it's been a COVID year. And, and I, you know, I'm sincerely grateful to everybody, you know, that is a subscriber that checks out our content. And we sincerely appreciate the thumbs up, like, and subscribe. And of course, the Super Chats, they go a long way, you know. And um, so we appreciate you on, on all those fronts. If you're in a position to Super Chat, um, basically like a tip, we appreciate that. Uh, thumbs up, subscribe. And um, like you said, I mean, the the basketball team doing such a fantastic job. And I'm not surprised to see Greg Byrne, you know, going to um, extend NATO's contract. I think it was the right thing to do and probably cheaper than, um, you know, building a new Coleman Coliseum, right? I think that's it. everybody <laughs> in Alabama wants a, a new uh, Coliseum of some sort. So what's cheaper? <laughs> extend NATO's contract or build the new Coleman Coliseum? I, I guess we all know the answer to that. Um, but NATO's has, has done a fantastic job. I cannot wait to see what they do uh, down this backstretch and especially going into um, the NCAA basketball tournament. I mean, it, it, every single year we all build out our brackets. We'll print it out. We'll have a Bama Insider March Madness bracket and uh, we'll be around on Selection Sunday as well to see where the Crimson Tide land up in the tournament. And every single year since I've been here, they're not even in the tournament. You know, and it's like this is like Alabama. Alabama should always be in the basketball tournament. So this year going to see, um, you know, the fighting Nate Oates going against, you know, whoever it may be. And look, I know there might not be a lot of people that like this, but look, the way that this team is built, they can get streaky in a good way, in a bad way as well. So if they're hot, they could beat anybody in the country. I'm talking anybody. If they're not hitting from the outside because their inside play, that's not a part of their game. Um, if they go cold, I mean, who knows? I mean, we could have some exciting games during the month of March. I feel the same way. Look, man, I mean, I, I worry about filling out a bracket and putting them too far on there because, you know, I, they could be a 15 that loses to uh, – they could be a two that loses to a 15. Or they could be a two that runs all the way to the final four. And it, it's just what you said. They're a very streaky team, uh, but it's exciting to know that they're going to be in the tournament. And you just mentioned it. I mean, I've been around a long time. You, you just got here, right? And you're saying, hey, I don't remember Alabama being in the tournament. That's because they haven't been. And I'm going to tell you, being here a long time, they don't get in a whole lot. There's this once in a while, and they don't win the SEC hardly ever. The last time was 2002, and I'm going to keep saying this because I was on the court. I had I was in the, the student radio seats for the uh, the last time they clinched. So tonight at eight o'clock, they'll be at Arkansas and they'll have that opportunity again. Uh, winning the regular season in the SEC in basketball, if you're not Kentucky, is far and few between for everyone else. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and and I think, to be honest, I, I think the SEC is definitely down this year. And that's no disrespect to what Alabama has been able to do. I just don't think that SEC is very strong. Um, I, I think Alabama is certainly going to be tested um, throughout, you know, the remaining of the remainder of the season, and especially when they get, uh, you know, into the actual tournament and start playing some teams that are outside of the SEC. But overall, I mean, Nate Oates has done a great job locking this team in. And I was listening to, I, I forget who it was talking about kind of the, um, just the mantra that Nate Oates has. He's, he's young, he's ambitious. He's not afraid to say what he wants. I love that, right? I, I love kind of the uncensored Nate Oates. Like, don't apologize for calling out Coach K. Call out whoever you want. It doesn't matter, man. You're a grown man. You're leading the Alabama basketball 
basketball program. You want Duke, bring on Duke. And just like John Petty said, if they want some, they can come get some. So not afraid uh, to lay it on the table. And I don't think that Nate, Nate Oates should go forward and, and be silent. So this is who he is. And that's who, that's why we all love Nick Saban and the sound bites of a younger Nick Saban because Nick Saban just put it how it was. And, and we want that as people. We want that um, as casual fans, as people who follow the sports. We want to know what exactly is on your mind. You don't need to sugarcoat anything at this level. Everybody's a grown man or a grown woman. They can understand the logistics of basketball or whatnot. So say what you want, Nate Oates. Don't, please, don't try to change him because I love where he's at right now. <laughs> hey, man, I definitely agree. I didn't mind when Nate Oates called out Coach K. I was just, I didn't like the apology. You know, just stand by it and it is what it is, right? But I guess at the same time, you, you know, you just, you don't want to tug on Superman's cape, right? And and right now, Alabama's the team that's ranked sixth in the country. So tonight at 8 o'clock, they'll take on Arkansas. Uh, Alabama has a three-and-a-half game lead, four games left to go. So tonight with a win, it's over, and they're the SEC champs. It's going to be a tough one, though. Uh, don't forget, Arkansas is ranked 20th. It's on the road. Alabama's only conference loss came to Missouri on the road, and so that'll be a lot of fun as we see uh, that basketball game. All right, well, let's talk about a little bit on, on college football. And I was uh, perusing through the Bama Insider site and I was looking at tomorrow's signing day and I know that it's or excuse me Friday Ty Simpson uh, is is um, going to commit a quarterback from uh, Martin Tennessee and it doesn't look good there I mean look at that Kyle the future cast it says 89 percent Clemson and <laughs> okay it's it this is a guy that I thought we might have a chance to get to come to Tuscaloosa uh, well, well, first of all, new age on the comment box is like, what time is the game, Andrew? Look, I, I know we both have the beard, uh, but this is Kyle Henderson. Andrew Bone is uh, he's got some stuff in store for you. So I, I, I'm taking that as a compliment. If anyone wants to think that I'm Andrew Bone and I also have to say hello to my friend Colin uh, Martin um, out in Tennessee. And uh, we're talking about a Tennessee prospect right now by the name of Ty Simpson. His father is the coach at UT Martin. He is committing on Friday at 2 p.m. So uh, set your notifications on to Bama Insider. And this is a great time to turn on the notifications. What's a notification? Go to YouTube, turn on the bell. So every single time we drop news, you get notified right on your phone. Um, another thing is, like, if you're at home, you can just turn on your smart TV. Everybody has a smart TV, right? And type in Bama Insider on YouTube, and you can watch your your your, your show. Um, you're right here on your TV, so uh, do that for us. But Ty Simpson um, is making his commitment on Friday. Now, look, I, I know this future cast and uh, whatever else uh, on Rivals right here hasn't projected to Clemson, um, Tennessee, Clemson, Alabama certainly in play. I have, um, you know, I spoke with Andrew Bone today. Um, we're we're on we're on the situation. We don't know what it's going to be on Friday. It, it's those three teams. Um, if he does choose Alabama, we will bring that to you right here on our YouTube channel as well as Bama Insider. All right. Well, that's uh, some news. And uh, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Alabama, though, right now is getting set, Kyle, for spring football. And that's an opportunity for us to go over the depth chart and see where the battles are going to be. And let's start with quarterback because I'm as excited about this 8A game and this spring practice as I've been in a long time because I just don't know. I, I don't know that 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 uh, Bryce Young is the starting quarterback. I don't know that Paul Tyson is is second string. I just because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I know that you know obviously that um, you know that there was one and two last year and two and three last year, but everything changes now. Jalen Milrow, he's in there as well. Maybe that's why if you're Ty Sim Simpson, you don't come to Alabama. You look at this and you go, you know what? I can't win this battle, or I will take my chances at Clemson. Then again, it could be like Mac Jones where you say, hey, look, I want to go where the best are and I'll get my opportunity. Let's start going over some of these position battles. Again, taking your calls as well at 205-850-0883. Kyle, let's start with the quarterback. Tell me something. 
Well, I, I think there's a couple different camps. And, and the first thing that I've learned about living in, in Tuscaloosa, this is my fifth year now living in Tuscaloosa, um, that the backup quarterback is always the better quarterback. Every <laughs> single season I've been here, the backup is always better. They're like, so, so as we kind of turn the page to Bryce Young, and from what I gather in my intel, people are like, it's Bryce Young's team. Like, yes, Paul Tyson is certainly going to get his opportunities. I, I just said on a video today that I put up, I'm sure you guys checked it out. They're like, um, you know, I, I talked about my excitement for uh, Paul Tyson, and I cannot wait to see him because he's. He, we're also curious to see what he brings to the table. Guy's been here for now going on three seasons, and they just haven't given him an opportunity. Um, but look, Bryce Young is the guy. I mean, this guy is coming in with an opportunity to be QB number one. Um, he's going to work with the first team offense. But again and again, I always hear like, as soon as I start talking about Bryce, people are like, oh, you're sleeping on Paul Tyson. Don't you sleep on Paul Tyson? And as soon as I start talking about Paul Tyson, they're like, why don't you like Bryce Young? And then as soon as I start talking about both of those guys, they're like, you're forgetting Jalen Milrow. Look, so this is the situation going into springtime. Yeah, Bryce Young coming in. All right. He got limited opportunities last year. It was SEC only schedule. Saban's talked about that. Uh, then you have Paul Tyson. This will be his third season at Alabama. And then you have Jalen Milrow, who's an early enrollee at Alabama. All these guys are under a new offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien. Now, just because you have a, a new offensive coordinator doesn't mean that the offense is going to change. I think what we've seen from Alabama and what we've learned from Alabama is that Brian DeBall, when he brought, when he came over from the New England Patriots, brought that passing tree. And then Alabama, Nick Saban has kind of added wrinkles to that, whether it was Mike Loxley, whether it was Steve Sarkeesian, and now Bill O'Brien kind of building onto that foundation that Brian DeBall started. Each of the quarterbacks, I think, provides a little something different. I think Bryce Young is that shifty quarterback, has that uh, magic, if you will, can make plays happen. Paul Tyson, the big quarterback with the big arm, um, and and I love size, right? Uh, you love size at this uh, at this level in in the NFL. And then you have Jalen Milrow, and I think he's a guy that maybe has a combination of both. I think he's six foot four, um, and he has the best top end speed. So you have three different quarterbacks coming into this room, and you know we'll have to see if Alabama adds another quarterback on Friday. But I can see where your point, Mick. I mean, if, if you're coming in, do you really want to come in uh, to Alabama? Um, you know, they're going to, they're going to go, they're going to get a quarterback at some point in the class of 2022. But once again, this is important to remember all these quarterbacks at Alabama are currently freshman eligibility wise. Well, it's going to be an inter interesting battle, uh, you know, and one that we'll be keeping an eye on another one that, you know, I was looking at your, uh, your post on Bama insider and I love it. It's uh, offensive spring position battles to watch. So you guys can also go to BamInsider.com, click on it, and take a look. And and you said you've got favorite challenger and don't sleep on, right? So let's go to running back here. Brian Robinson is your favorite. You got Keelan Robinson as the challenger and don't sleep on on Jace McClellan. Okay, so to me, I I, I get it. Like I, I like Brian Robinson. I know he's been around. I mean, this is almost it's, it's a, his it's his second senior season. But what has he done that tells you that he's going to be the starting quarter? The, excuse me, the starting running back. He just hasn't been. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been great. It, it just doesn't look to me, besides the fact that he's been in the games, that he's ready to be the guy. Tell me why he's going to be the guy. Well, I, I think, you know, as you look at kind of the some of the statistics right here, the number one thing that really jumps out is he's played in 52 games in four seasons, which is a tremendous amount of experience. Right. And he has a size six foot one, 230 pounds. So uh, Alabama, if you look to the rest of the running backs, no running back is, is as big as Brian Robinson. I think you, you look at the, the rest of the running back depth chart and let's kind of run through it real quick. You got, um, you know, uh, Trey Sanders, you have Killen Robinson, you have uh, Jace McQuillan, you have Roydo Williams, Kyle Edwards, and then a new edition of Kamar Wheaton. All, none of those guys uh, is 230 pounds. Now, I know Killen Robinson has put on a lot of good weight, and I'm, I can't wait to see him play, but Brian Robinson has the experience. So I, I don't think he's Alabama is going to have a featured back. And I just talked about that on this video uh, that I just uploaded a couple hours ago. I think Alabama is going to have a variety of running backs, guys that can do different things, right? So you're going to have Brian Robinson, that guy that can get things going. And then you're going to have Killen Robinson. Um, and depending on what he brings to the table, I think he has some juice. That's what Nick Saban said. He has a really good top end speed, a shifty guy. We saw some photos on uh, social media. I mean, the kid is jacked. He's like 215 pounds now. And then you have, um, Jace McQuillan, who I said don't sleep on because we saw 
glimpses of greatness from him last season. And then, you know, everyone's going to be like, oh, you're forgetting about Trey Sanders. You don't like Trey Sanders. Look, I love Trey Sanders. The guy, you know, broke his hip or whatever happened to him last season, a car accident. I mean, let's give him, give him some time to recover. The year before, you know, something happened with his foot. So the guy's coming off a, a very traumatic injury. And Dr. Matt Ray just put some photos on social media that said that, um, you know, Trey Sanders is making progression, but I would be completely shocked if he comes back into August close to 100%. I think it's going to take some time to really get him going. Um, so, yeah, don't sleep on Trey Sanders. I'm in that category. I think he's going to do marvelous when he gets healthy. I know he's been injury plagued, but, um, you know, going into the season, you got to look to the guys, especially during springtime, who are healthy. Yeah, don't sleep on McClellan. I think eventually he's going to end up being the guy that uh, we all are excited about when he to totes the rock. I mean, when he had the opportunities last year, Kyle, I mean, like they had to take him out of the game because normally they were just trying to, you know, basically run out the clock and he was scoring touchdowns. And, and it was like it kind of felt like maybe Alabama was running up the score. He was like a, a, a lightning bolt, you know, out of the backfield. So definitely – Fired up about McClellan and what he's going to be able to do. Don't forget about Kamar Wheaton. You know, he's he's a guy coming in, top running back in the country. You know, how, how's that transition going to be? If he comes in and he's he's excellent, they'll find a way to get him the football. You'll see him out on the field. If not, you know, he might have to grow into the spot. But the good news for Alabama is that running back, they've got some options. All right, let's talk about wide receivers. And, and this is a group that's going to look a lot different. I mean, two years ago, it was the best wide receiver core group for wide receivers, better than NFL teams, really, right? You, you had the fantastic four with, you know, Ruggs and Waddle and uh, Smith and, uh, and Judy, right? Well, all those guys are gone now. And we're going to start with the wide receiver, the X wide receiver. And this is a guy I can't wait see touch the football and you got him up there javon baker i just i wanted to see more javon baker last year yeah i mean you, you look at um you know the different receiver positions at alabama and i talked about this earlier as well we're not going to talk about the z position because that's john mechie and one thing i want to point out about john mechie i know you guys all saw the social media posts uh he look he was hacked uh, his social media account was hacked, so he's good. Alabama football just posted a photo of him today. So if you think that he might have been kicked off the team or something like that, his, his social media was hacked. It could happen to anybody, anytime. So um, we're not going to talk about the Z position because Alabama returns one of the top wide receivers in the country in John Mechie. But let's focus on the X and the slot position. Uh, the X position, I think there's going to be a lot of position battles. And that's why I want to do that video today, kind of diving into the, what to watch going into spring football. The exposition is very interesting because you do have Javon Baker, but notice he only had two receptions for 15 yards during uh, his inaugural season at Alabama. So then you look at kind of the challengers and kind of some guys who are coming in. You got uh, Treshawn Holden. We didn't see, um, you know, a, a lot of him uh, this past season. And then you have Ja'Cory Brooks coming in as well. He's a, a new early enrollee as well. And, and you got some other wide receivers kind of sprinkling in uh, Xavier Williams. I know he's a guy that people want um, us to talk about a little bit more, but there, there's going to be competitions and opportunities for these guys, whether you're working with the first team or the second team to really rise up. But I think, like you said, Javon Baker is a guy that every time he touches the football, you kind of hold your breath because um, he has, you know, a, a certain playmaking ability about him. Um, so I, I favor him kind of going into the season as that X um, wide receiver that would be opposite sides of John Mechie. I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but um, kind of all eyes on John Mechie at that X position. I'm, I'm sorry, Javon Baker at the X position. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I, I love the fact that you got three different guys there that you – that have the opportunity to steal that that job that job, and I mean we you know we've heard about uh, you know the speed of Brooks and you know and and Holden and Baker's abilities out on the field, so that'll be one to watch. Baker, you know, it certainly waited his turn, so you know it, it's hard to get on the field when you know you're playing behind the likes of Waddle and Smith. All right, let's talk about the um, the other the the. Wide receiver slot, we're going to put Slade Bolden in the, you know, in the spot to be the favorite, right? And, uh, I mean, he's going to start, no doubt about it. But Christian Leary is the guy that I really can't wait to see. And, and you, JoJo Early, we didn't even think he was coming to Alabama. Now we're, we're you know, surprise, kind of a late surprise to the signing class. And uh, it, it may be tough to get him off the field as well. 
Yeah, I think when you look at the slot position, look, we have Slade Bolden going in as a favorite. I mean, even Alabama's posting photos of Slade Bolden. I think there's a big camp out there that's like, get Slade Bolden out of here. Just put Christian Leary in. Look, Slade Bolden has a lot of experience. Alabama loves this guy. Uh, I mean, he had 24 receptions last year for 274 yards. I mean, think about the the amount of uh, you know time that Javon Baker got. I mean, he only had two receptions. So Alabama clearly feels that Slade Bolden can be a, a contributor um, during the season. With that said, Christian Leary, JoJo Earl, those are going to be two very difficult guys to keep off the field because of what they bring to the table. I feel that the slot position belongs to somebody like a Jalen Waddle. I think we all feel that way, right? So does Slade Bolden run great routes? Yes. Um, can he catch the football very well? Yes. Um, does he have elite speed? No. So then you go down the list. What does Christian Leary have? Does he have elite speed? Absolutely. He has that four, three speed we're looking for. Does he have that shiftiness? Yeah, he does. I mean, not as, um, you know, uh, elaborate as Jojo Earl, but you're going to have two guys really coming in that are going to compete for that slot position. I've heard really good things about Christian Leary early on Two, I, I put a video out uh, a couple weeks ago saying that I've heard fantastic things about Christian Leary and about uh, Jaquincy McKinstry. Those are two early enrollees that are really turning heads. Now, people are asking, you're, 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 you're hating on Jojo Earl because you're not talking about him. He's not even at Alabama yet. He's signed, but he's not here. So, like, how could I tell you what he's doing with the fourth quarter program if he's not in the fourth quarter program? Like he, he's still in Texas. He's going to get here in the summertime. So just hang on, you know? So there's only certain guys that we can, you know, gain information on if they're physically in Tuscaloosa. Jojo Earl is not physically in Tuscaloosa. So um, that's kind of how we have this position laid out just for the springtime. Things are going to change. We're going to talk about this a million different ways as we get closer to that first game against Miami. But um, that's, that's, you know, how things are going right now. So the slot position, it goes to seniority. Look, Nick Saban loves uh, these guys that put in their time, trust in the process. So don't be surprised when you see the first wide receivers roll out and Slade Bolden is your guy. Don't get upset and don't feel that Christian Leary doesn't have it. He has it. He's got to be patient. Yeah, going to be fun. I mean, a possession receiver compared to uh, just a, another lightning bolt, right, in Larry. So we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, another b battle, and I think it, you start talking about the offensive line. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how Alabama uh, slates that offensive line. Last year, I think it was the best unit on the, the field every single game. I think that that's why Alabama was champs. That's why they didn't lose a football game. It was that offensive line. Um, we're going to start at right guard. You got Tommy Brown as your favorite. You got a couple challengers, and then you got a guy not to sleep on. So you got Quick and Cohen as your challengers. Ferguson, don't sleep on him. Tell us about this right guard spot. Well, I I, I don't have him listed on here, but Javion Cohen is a, is a guy that you can't sleep on or as a challenger for one of these positions because um, I, I feel that. Um, you know, it, there's going to be a lot of movement on the right side of the ball. The The left side is pretty much taken care of, at least going into spring, in my opinion. You got Evan Neal, I, I think the, the best tackle in America returning. He'll swap to the left side of the ball. You got Emil Ekior, who started every single game for the Crimson Tide last year. And then Chris Owens coming back at center. And I know that people, you know, feel that maybe Darian Dalcourt could give him a push. And that very well be be the case and then you would somehow swap Chris Owens somewhere uh but remember you know we're going to talk about the tackle position in just a second you got um Tommy Brockemeyer and JC Lathan coming in so it, the right side is where we're going to be paying attention during the springtime Tommy Brown is an interesting guard because of the fact that he has a body type like a tackle being that he's six foot seven 315 pounds or something like that guards you know usually like uh, Deontay Brown, remember Cornbread from a year ago, a guy that's kind of a mauler. That's why you also have to look at Pierce Quick. Um, TJ Ferguson is a, a definitely a name to know coming in as an early enrollee. I love his film. I love how he's able to get out blockers and provide something extra for that run game. So we're going to be keeping our eyes on the right side of the ball going into the season. But Tommy Brown, certainly a name to know kind of going in. But I think, you know, maybe right guard, I think it could be your guess is as good as mine in terms of who's really going to uh, step up for that position. I think that's one of the bigger position battles going in along with right tackle, which we'll talk about now. 
Yeah, and you're right, right tackle. Um, a lot of us expect Tommy Brockemeyer to be the guy that the five-star, you know, the top-rated offensive lineman in the country to come in and, and win that spot. But uh, you got Latham, you got George, you know, you, you got Cohen again, you know, moving him over there. Uh, you know, so we kind of have him as a challenger and a don't-sleep-on guy on the right side. So how tough would it be for a freshman, you know, a true freshman like Brockermeyer to come in and win that job? I mean, I don't think it'd be tough at all. I mean, we've seen it in the past when, when a guy is, is, is ready and he's good. I mean, Nick Saban will put him on the field. And that's why it's funny when you read all these places that, you know, freshmen don't play at Alabama. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of these coaches that are coaching are recruiting against Alabama use that. That's absolutely wrong. I mean, look at, the kind of the defense from last year. William Anderson um, did such a great job. You had, you know, other freshmen, Tim Smith, you had Malachi Moore, you had Brian Branch. Those guys stepped up on the defensive side because there was opportunities. This year, I think you're going to see some freshmen stand out. Um, and it could be Tommy Brockemeyer. It could be J.C. Latham. J.C. Latham's kind of making me a little bit nervous, though, with some of his tweets he's been putting out. You know, sometimes you, you get to this level and you start, like, tweeting out ambiguous things and everybody, like, starts to read into them, right? You kind of look like Ali Cajo did that for, like, two years, and, and then he finally transferred out. You know, does it always mean they're going to transfer? No, but, like, the, the best advice is to not tweet. And, and then you're just like focused in, you know, so um, like he tweeted something today that like pain is temporary. And, and we're like, does that mean he's injured? Like, what, what does that mean? We don't know. Um, but kind of going into the the spring period, you got Tommy Brockemeyer. And remember Sam Spiegelman? We had him on. He's a rivals, uh, you know, Southwest analyst or whatever. He's a he's fantastic, by the way. Follow Sam Spiegelman. He was we, we asked him. We're like, look, is Tommy Brockemeyer ready to, you know, start at Alabama? Does he have the talent? Um, you know, you come in with a five-star and you have all these expectations. Can can this guy really, really play and start, you know, day one at Alabama? And Sam Spiegelman was like, absolutely, 100%. So um, take that for what it's worth. We'll have to see how he does. Remember, Alabama will have a new offensive line coach. Um, Doug Marone will replace Kyle Flood. And, and think about these upgrades Saban was making. You know, you lose Steve Sarkeesian, he goes out, gets Bill O'Brien. Everybody's mad about Bill O'Brien because they think that He's going to be the GM or, um, you know, trade away like, you know, I don't know, Bryce Young or something like that. He's like, he's not the GM or the coach. He's just the quarterback's coach. And then you have Doug Marone coming in and he's the offensive line coach. So, I, and, and I've said this a million times already. I can't even imagine if you're like, what, 18, 19 years old and you're like, oh man, we lost Kyle Flood. He did such a great job for Alabama. Who's our next coach going to be? And they're like, guess what? Our next coach is going to be the former head coach of the Jaguars. And you're just like, what? Yeah. That's the Alabama, right? It's like, that's what Nick Saban does. Um, so we'll, we'll continue to watch what happens on the on the right side of the ball. But J.C. Latham, Tommy Brockemeyer, um, I mean, shoot, maybe even uh, Kendall Randolph. I mean, that, that's a guy who played a ton as well. And um, just just look at look what um, C. Roll is saying. Be calm. Let Saban coach. Exactly. Just yeah, relax. right. <laughs> yeah, pain is temporary. Could also mean like I'm, you know, I'm busting my tail in the gym, and you know, I'm I'm just tired, you know, like, and I, that's kind of part of the process of, you know, going through this part of the preparation of getting ready. Um, the, the the thing about the competition, Kyle, to me is that you talk about like the the Brockermeyers and then the rest of that offensive line class that came in. These guys are going to push because they come in with talent to get on the field. And, and I think that's what Nick Saban really wants to create is, is, is that push. So uh, to think that, that the Brocker Myers didn't go to Texas with all the legacy that they have there, uh, you know, including their dad and come to Alabama. I mean, you know, it just feels like, Hey, look, these guys are kind of like bred for offensive line and they're coming here to play it. And as, as, as you take a look at the the process master himself, going back to Ty Simpson and, and, you know, we'll keep an eye on the different position battles on Bama Insider. And you guys could always go and check out Kyle's latest post at BamaInsider.com. Uh, then, of course, we're the Alabama rival site. And as you hang out with us tonight, thumbs up and subscribe. Be part of the 50,000 plus who are part of our YouTube family. You're making a sell to Ty Simpson, right? You say, hey, you know what? We want you to come to school here. And he's like, well, I see you got Bryce Young. I see you got Paul Tyson. I see you got Jalen Melrose. 
if you're Alabama, you go, you know what, though? I got two guys that were were NFL head coaches last year. So even if you come in and it it doesn't work out long term for you, you're still getting tutored by better than what any Clemson or Tennessee could offer. Yeah. And and I think kind of to add on to that, I mean, and and Nick Saban, he's a genius. I mean, if you look and kind of read between lines, I've I've, I've listened to every single Nick Saban press conference like a million times since I've been here. Um, And he always says these subtle things that means something else. And recently he was talking about Mac Jones. I can't remember the exact context, but he was saying um, basically that, you know, he he's a perfect, you know, kind of member that just was patient and stayed within the process. And, you know, the, the transfer portal is a click away now. So if you're not happy, transfer portal, right. not happy, transfer portal, but, but Mac Jones, man, he came in, he came in the same class as Tua Tonga Valoa. Can you imagine that? I mean, the guy came in and was like, yeah, you know, um, Tua Tonga Valoa, no, no problem. I, I definitely want to be a part of this class. And you saw the progression of him. So I, I think when you look in, and if Alabama is recruiting Todd Simpson, they're just like, look, look at all the talent around you. Alabama has some very talented guys every single year, of course, but it doesn't matter the eligibility. Look, you're going to get an opportunity eventually. It's a long process. You might not get to play as soon as you want, but the end result, you can just have one season and boom, top 10 pick. Look at Mac Jones. Right. Coming into the season, nobody wanted Mac Jones to start. Nobody. We were talking about it. We're like, this guy has the experience. He played in 27 games coming in. They're like, start, start Bryce Young. Alabama's going to falter. Mac Jones comes in 4,500 yards, perfect season. Yeah, no doubt. Do you think, I, I, I didn't read this yet, and I, I should have, you know, I was doing all my research and I forgot to go to it, but I was, someone told me that, uh, that uh, Devontae Smith said that to him, Mac Jones was a better quarterback than Tua, you know, or some comment like that. Um, You know, that to me is, first off, it's really amazing because to me, Tua is, you know, still one of the greatest quarterbacks uh, that that I ever saw at Alabama. You know, still amazing talent. And I started to do the progression, though, and I said, you know, the the problem with Tua was – always trying to create that extra play, not throwing the ball away, you know, just being, just being, a, a you know, a little bit smarter with the football, you know, just like, Hey, you know what? The play's not there. I'm going to throw the ball into the ground. Right. With that said, he did some amazing stuff rolling out, but he also got hurt a lot. And, and Mac, I mean, just came in and it was like, it was like watching Tom Brady for a year. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the biggest problem with two is he got hurt. Yeah. Every like uh, like what every third game he was hurt and look I love to I mean I have so much respect for the way he did the football nobody threw it better it's like every time he threw it it was like a little baby angel was floating <laughs> into the receiver's arms right like it like it was different like every time he threw it it was a touchdown it felt like like I, I remember the first year I came in um and that was 2017 and so he you know we kind of came into together in in a sense and just kind of watching the progression and hearing the things that how he would spin the football whatever but the point is like after a while he he got hurt like remember he he missed the first spring game because of his uh index finger a right. lot of people forget that and then it was like all these injuries um that was his biggest problem it was kind of like you know he was so good at throwing uh you know these long passes but his downfall was injuries with mac jones let me ask you a question. Was there ever a time during this this past season where Mac Jones, maybe he'd get hit. He didn't get hit often. He barely got sacked. And like you were saying, he threw away the football um, at the right time. But was there ever a point during the season, like when he got tackled, that you like held your breath and you were worried that he'd be out for the entire season? He took that hit in the first half of the Georgia game. And that was it. You know, I mean, like, really, I can't think of another one. Maybe but even, one even when he got hit, were you nervous that he was like knocked out for the season? No. no well, no, not like Tua. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know where you're going, because every time Tua got hit, you were like, you feel like, oh, my goodness, he's he's done. Right. Um, uh, but Mac Jones also had a better offensive line. And, you know, that, that to me says a lot, too. You know, when you, you look at the offensive line that that Alabama had, with Mac Jones, um, you know, it, you could say what you want to say uh, about Mac, but at the same time, you know, he's also behind this offensive line that is just full of 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 beasts, right? Yeah. So I, I hit the wrong button. I like exited out. So give me a second. I like I went into like this strange place. I hit this button and I just like vanished. And I was like, oh crap. Um, 
You didn't get to hear my expert analysis there. Look, basically what I said was, is, is that Mac Jones, and I, I, I was one of the people that was kind of like, hey, I want to see Bryce Young. I like the dual threat guy. I was a Tua guy, you know, and I was wrong. I mean, look, Mac Jones was amazing. Like the first couple games, I'm like, I didn't realize he had the, the, the touch on the deep ball. Like I just didn't really, I couldn't believe it. You remember us talking about it. It'd be like, how? I mean, where did this come from? You know? And then as he progressed as a quarterback, he dealt with the injury to Waddle, but he also had this amazing offensive line that really fit his style of football. Um, and, and, you know, two as a warrior, I, I really hope that both guys end up being stars because above all else, they're both great guys. You know, Tua, Tua's like Tim Tebow. I mean, he just, you just get around him. He's spiritual. He's positive. He's a great guy. You can't not like him. And then, you know, Mac Jones is like, he, he's like Rocky or something. You know, like he's kind of this guy who we weren't really expecting to be the champ, you know, and he kept getting knocked down. He's on the practice squad, you know. He teams up with this little Irish guy named Mick. And the, and the two of those guys train real hard. And then he ends up with the starting job and and people like me are doubting him right and then he just goes out and rolls off the best season in the history of Alabama quarterbacks at a place where Alabama's had some quarterbacks I mean you're talking about Joe Namath uh the, you know the uh, Hollywood Joe Namath right Bart Starr guy won the first two Super Bowls uh go through just the ones that we've had here recently you know the the run of all these quarterbacks Jay Barker and then after that it's like we have like this you can't even have Mount Rushmore anymore because so many guys have quarterbacked Alabama to championships. Jake Coker and, um, you know, this is you go through all the lists. Two was one, one Jalen hurt. I mean, you got all these guys of all those guys. You're, you're looking at arguably the, the best season ever. Yeah. I mean, it was it, for everything that went wrong during COVID in 2020, Alabama was perfect, of course. And it's because Nick Saban has a plan for everything, right? He's like, if, you know, this little Debbie is not here, then you go to plan B and you go revert to another, you know, you go to another uh, sweet cookie. I mean, he, he has a backup plan for every single thing. Um, with Mac Jones coming in, I, he probably saw it coming in and, and he knew. He knew that Mac Jones was going to be this talented. And look, I mean, Mac Jones, I think, blew away everybody. Let me ask you this, Mick. Do you think that he's going to be a top 10 pick? I don't know. You know, it's, I'm, I'm kind of torn. OK, let, let me give you both sides of the coin. Right. And, you know, from being in college, it's something that you had to do in class. Uh, you know, you had to give why you think something and why you don't think something. So I learned this at Alabama in different classes, but it wasn't football class. It was other classes. I'd say that the reason why I could make the case for him to be a top 10 pick, first off, I mentioned it before. He's got this ability to think in the pocket. Uh, he, he's got about as good of a deep ball as, as you'll see. He doesn't underthrow his targets. Um, you know, he just has, he reads well, and he gets the ball out, and he gets the ball to the people that need to get the ball out. He He's a leader. You know, he commands the team. Seems to have the arm strength. He's got the intelligence, and he's got the pedigree. I mean, look, he won a championship at Alabama. Now, here's the other side of this. Okay, if I'm on the other side and I'm saying, okay, I'm in this draft room here and I'm arguing, okay, I want to have this guy instead of this guy. And I'm going, okay, he just had an offensive line where no one got to him all year. So he's able to sit back there and like when we used to play in the backyard, you know, like depending on the the game, normally the rush was like, you know, five or six Mississippi rush. You know that, Kyle, that they did that in New Mexico or was it like, you know, a, a six Arizona rush? You know, I don't know what you guys did, but where I'm from, it was a Mississippi rush, which meant that you were at the line of scrimmage, ball snapped, and you got to count out loud one Mississippi to get the 10, you got to get the six Mississippis before you can actually run after the quarterback. Well, this guy had an offensive line that basically had at least a six Mississippi rush before he even got pressured. And a lot of times he didn't. Then he had the best receiver in the country and he got the ball to him. And then he had, I think, the best running back in the country. So 
if you're making this case as an NFL GM, you're going, okay, well, you come here, you know, our offensive line might not be that good. Maybe we don't have a running back like this. Maybe we're not as dominant. And you're going, maybe I need someone that can, that has a little bit more, that has dealt with more adversity. And I, I, that's why I could see him falling a little bit in the draft. But uh, I think there's a good chance that he goes in the top 10, to be honest with you. And by the way, New Mexico is one jalapeno, two jalapeno. (laughs) (laughs) No, and it's funny how, you know, you kind of you you go into the season and Mac Jones had so much like it was kind of like the swagger about him. Right. Like you you see him, you don't really you kind of look at him on the service level and you don't see him being like that big of a competitor. Um but I mean, the guy come crunch time, the guy was money. I mean, the season that he had and what really stands out to me uh, is the efficiency. And I think that, you know, credit to Mac Jones, but also credit to Steve Sarkeesian for, um, you know, drawing up a schematic offense that was able to put these receivers in the good position. I mean, you, how many turnovers or how many bad balls did you see Mac Jones throw? I mean, not many, right? I mean, he did a great job and. I kind of look back to that game against Ohio State. I, I looked at the game against Florida um, in, in those bigger situational games where, um, you know, Mac Jones was just right on the money. And, and you know, the play calling was great. I mean, the, the play calling against Notre Dame, I thought was trash. And we all kind of know why now is like Steve Sarkeesian was like, you know, about to go visit with Texas. Um, but during the championship game, once, you know, Sarkeesian had everything buttoned up, probably is that he, you know, he called a fantastic game against Ohio State. I, I think the best game. I mean, the way that they were moving around Devontae Smith, kind of motioning one way, kind of swinging him out to the, you know, other side. I mean, it was a fantastic uh, performance on, on both parts. And Mac Jones, uh, 4,500 yards, doing a fantastic job uh, for the Crimson Tide, leading them to a perfect season. Nick Saban's second perfect season at Alabama. It's going to be hard for um, – you know, another quarterback to duplicate what he did. And think about this. He was when he was on the road, Mac Jones didn't even have to go against crowd noise, right? I mean, That's what was true. the biggest stadium that he played against crowd level wise? I, I mean, during maybe during the title game because it was in Florida. I yeah. don't know. But you know, that that was kind of just something, you know, extra added to that. But other than that, I mean Mac Jones efficiency was through the roof. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, as you guys watch, give us a thumbs up, subscribe. This is Bama Insider, our YouTube channel. We really appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight. He's Kyle Henderson. I'm Mick Gillespie, 205-850-0883. Got the phone line open. We're talking Mac Jones, Alabama football. We know basketball is coming up tonight, and they got a chance to wrap up the SEC with a victory. Uh, Kyle, the funny thing to me, you know, just kind of finishing up that Mac Jones uh, topic as I see Nick Saban talking to the recruits. No, is- no, no. This is this is Saban with Barmore, Jalen Waddle, uh, Patrick Sertan, and Mac Jones. This is when they declared early. I love this photo because just just look. Like, let me zoom it in for everybody. Oh and yeah, this I can see like this. So this is Saban's office. Okay, so so Saban's office is so big that he has like this, uh, you know, sitting area. And then behind it is his desk. And that's his desk where he has like all the rings. But let's kind of zoom in real quick on this photo. Look at this leather recliner. Where? <laughs> what's the price tag on this? That's expensive. That's, that's some finely crafted leather. Yeah. Zoom into this other side. And usually Nick Saban has candy for everybody. Um, <laughs> see, see right here, if you zoom into these, guess what these all are? Those, those, are, are, all, those are rings. Those are rings on rings. Um, I, I love the photo. Just had to zoom in a little bit. Those, just those yeah. little subtleties. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to see with the masks on. And you, you, you widen it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, the, what, what a crew. you know. And every single class that he's had come to Alabama has won at least one championship, which is just phenomenal. Uh, Mac Jones, was, when was the point of the season that you realized this guy's got it under control? I, I know mine. I'm not going to tell you mine right now because I want to hear yours first, and I don't want to um, – to influence you at all, but there was a point in the season where I realized, okay, this, this guy is, it's, he's the right guy for the job. Um, that's a good question. I, I kind of have to go back, you know, maybe to when, um, Alabama, I, I can't remember what, what week it was. Um, everybody, you, you guys know, if you're, if you're watching on social media, Alabama football, they have such a great creative team. They come up with all these, um, you know, special videos for their players. And it was just before, um, it it was either before or after one of these games. 
and it was about QB1, and he was walking through the new Alabama tunnel, and they had all these like lights and, and things were flashing. And I, I felt at that time that was basically a statement, a subliminal statement being like, this is the guy. Like right now, this is our quarterback. He is the leader. And it's kind of like, I, I, I wish I could, uh, I wish I had that video, but everybody probably knows what I'm talking about. And I, and I knew early on that they were going to focus in on Mac Jones. And then the, just the way he started just balling out. I mean, the first couple of games when he was throwing for like 400 yards or whatever, you're like, all right. He's good to go. Let's see. Let's see what he can do. And, you know, he continued to play at a very high level the entire season. What about you? You know, I felt like it was the Ole Miss game, you know, last year. And I love the comments section. And, you know, some of you guys are saying, hey, you know, it was it was Auburn. It was, um, you know, Michigan. You know, to me, last year, it just felt like when he came in the game, he was unsure of himself. You know, he did some things, but he wasn't in command. And then. And then this year, you know, he's got, had some tough games, but it was it was the Ole Miss game because every time Alabama scored, Ole Miss came back and scored and scored and scored and scored. I mean, like literally Alabama had to score every single time there just to keep close or they could have gotten so far behind they would have lost the football game. Right. And I could just see him on the sideline like, all right, well, you know, it was like. I'll, I'll take this. We'll, we'll, we got this. And from that point on, I thought he did a great job. I thought the second half of the Georgia game was when it was like one of those two teams was going to emerge as the best team in the country because at that point, I felt like those were the two best teams in the country. And, and Mac Jones, uh, you know, looking over the other guy that he was against, remember, Georgia had the mailman as their quarterback, not Carl Malone. But Stinson Bennett, remember that? He was the mailman. He used to wear the mailman hat. You know, he was like leading Georgia and, you know, in Georgia, like they, they got that hit on him and came out in the second half and Alabama dominated and they never, ever looked back. Uh, it was really just a, a thing of beauty. I'm still uh, amazed at how the season turned out. But I thought it was the old Miss game for me when I realized like Mac Jones, this guy's for real. You know what? Someone pointed out in the comment box, um, you know, I think someone said he was they knew he was going to be the quarterback in the springtime. And actually, I mean, if we really want to rewind and someone brought up the Auburn game, maybe that was when really we knew that he was going to be the quarterback. I love going back to that game, um, not to kind of relive the pain that Alabama lost that game. But it was a night of growth. I mean, it was a fantastic game, kind of back and forth. We all remember the game that Jalen Waddle had, um, you know, scoring four touchdowns or whatever. But, you know, Mac Jones did a great job. And I'll, I'll never forget going down to Florida to the Citrus Bowl. And um, it was a couple of weeks after when Alabama was playing Michigan. I, I tried to pull up the video. I have it here. I don't have it in the right format. I was going to bring it over. But he was like, look, this is my team. This is my team. And I think Mac Jones has always had that, you know, coming into the season that it was his team. And, um, you know, what he did, we'll remember forever. I mean, 13-0 season, Heisman finalist, Davey O'Brien winner. I mean, the list goes on and on. And now kind of seeing him, um, you know, potentially a first round, um, you know, a top 10 pick is quite extraordinary. So what do you think? You asked me. I guess I got to reverse this now. Uh, is he going in the top 10? Um, yeah, why not? I mean, I think, you know, it's a it's a crowded quarterback um, NFL draft. I mean, you kind of look at, you know, the, the guys that are going off the board. We know Trevor Lawrence is going to go um, Justin Fields. And people are I love Justin Fields. All right. Let's kind of examine the games of Justin Fields. Look, I'm not hating on Justin Fields. I'm just saying I watched him play against Northwestern. I watched him play against Alabama. Um, Northwestern has a sneaky good defense. Um, and then I watched him play against Indiana where he threw three interceptions. I mean, th that's I mean. So I, I don't really know what to think. I'm sure NFL NFL scouts, you know, of course, know much more than me. I'm not really impressed with Justin Fields. Uh, overly, there's a couple other guys like the Zach Wilson guy. I guess, you know, speaking with uh, Matt Miller, who is an NFL draft scout, he loves, um, you know, the guy from BYU. But look, Mac Jones did this at the highest level with NFL talent surrounding him. He has the IQ. Um, this is the guy that I think is a positive addition to um, any NFL organization. Look, I follow the 49ers. Um, I would love for him to go out to Santa Clara and, and be part of the Niners organization because I, I think that, you know, they're on kind of a verge of a quarterback shift, so to speak. So we'll see where he falls. I, I think he's going to excel. Is it going to be a day one starter? Probably not. But I think, you know, as he kind of uh, continues with his career, you know, we're going to continue to see Mac Jones play on Sundays. This NFL draft could be interesting, too. Uh, there could be teams trading up and down depending on 
what they like, you know, and then the fact that there are some really intriguing quarterbacks out there, including Trevor Lawrence, who's, of course, we're expecting to be the number one pick in the draft and then maybe a game changer, you know, so we'll definitely uh, find out about that. All right, let's jump back over to hoops before we get off here, Kyle, and, and talk about tonight's game. Uh, Alabama is at Arkansas. Uh, who do you got winning this basketball game and why? Well, I think Alabama, I mean, geez, these guys, what they've been able to do and kind of the the, the momentum that they have um, has been extraordinary. Now, look, um, I think this is going to be a tough game. Uh, I, I think anytime you go on the road in the SEC, especially, you know, when, um, you know, you start to read the headlines or you start to creep up within the top 10, you know, it, it's exciting. But this team is going to have to play on the road. They're going to have to be dialed in. Um, they're going to be challenged. But the thing I like about this Alabama basketball team is the way that they're able to use the bench. And look, we've talked about it before. They don't have a true star player. Is that really going to affect them? I guess that's to be seen. But I think overall, this team has the ability to use that depth, use that rotation. Um, and if they get hot from the outside, there's no team in America that can stop them. So I do like Alabama basketball tonight. I mean, it's hard not to like them. I mean, they've only lost one game in the SEC. And even, if the, even in that game against Missouri, um, I mean, there was like what? There was like 15 minutes left. They were down by like, I don't know, 20 or something like that. And they almost came back and won that game if Herb Jones hits that, uh, you know, rotten bucket. So, you know, Nate Oates is doing a fantastic job. This team has a lot of momentum. And um, I, I think they'll win tonight. I don't think it'll be easy by any means. But, yeah, I think Alabama basketball wins, and I think they clinch the SEC. Would this be the biggest win they've had this year? And I don't mean just because they're obviously SEC champs, but going on the road and beating a top 20 team could be their biggest win. Um, that's a good question. Um, I guess I'd have to look at the schedule kind of, you know, more because in basketball you play so many games, like what game was a big win, what game wasn't. I mean, sometimes, you know, even, um, you know, a, a loss kind of almost provides you a little bit more intel than a good win sometimes. I know mean, it's hard to say that, but like how much did they learn from that game against Oklahoma? And when you kind of look back to that Oklahoma game, could they beat Oklahoma again head to head? I'm telling you, that Oklahoma team was really, really good. I think they probably, I mean, with them versus Alabama, again, I'd love to see the matchup. I mean, that, that Oklahoma team was fantastic. Um, in terms of their best win, I kind of looked to, you know, some close games. Um, there was a couple games where they haven't played well. They haven't hit well from the outside, and they've still been able to win those games. I looked at that Auburn game where they won 94 to 90, those high-scoring tight games with the rivalry um, So against a good coach. So um, we'll, we'll have to see. But but Alabama, um, I, I think they win tonight and become SEC champs under Nate Oates, which um, is really incredible considering, you know, just last year, like, who is Nate Oates? What's going to do? <laughs> you know, when, when they hire Nate Oates, they're like, who? Nate, who? Right? Because after Avery Johnson, he's such a big name, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody knows yeah. who Avery Johnson is. You could find him shooting threes on YouTube playing for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Nate Oates, he's like a high school teacher. This is like, what, like six years ago or something like that. And now on the verge of winning the SEC championship. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, like when Avery Johnson was, was fired, I was really shocked by that, you know, because – He's he's a nice guy, and he he had a uh, he was doing a good job recruiting. You know, I I, I was buckling up, um, <laughs> and uh, he was such a breath of fresh air after Anthony Grant, someone I spent time around, who is just not a good person. I mean, be plain and simple. For someone that I spent time around, didn't like being around him, and a lot of us felt that way. Uh, can't speak for anyone else but me. And then all of a sudden you go get Avery, who's there, loves everybody, and 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 you know, and and brought that positive energy to uh, Coleman Coliseum. And then now see they 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 get rid of him and they bring this guy in, and I'm like, okay, who is this guy? And people are like, hey, which is something that we do at Alabama. Okay, every time there's a new coach, it's always the best hire we could have made, you know, or we're like really this. And, and I'm talking in basketball, let's not football, because I think there's been some times where we knew it probably wasn't going to work out. Uh, but with basketball, it's always like, Hey, this is a guy that's going to make Alabama. He's the next wimp. And you put it up there. Look, he's got his plaid coat on just like, just <laughs> like wimp, uh, who's really the only guy that had sustained success as Alabama's basketball coach, maybe CM Newton, but um, you know, this guy comes in and we're two years in. He's got a contract extension. He's got Alabama in the top 10 and he's about to win an SEC championship. So tip of the cap to him. Uh, and, and, I, and I give the athletic department a lot of credit, too, 
for making that move. And, and I've talked about it on here before. I, I would love to see that accountability with the women's basketball team and with other programs. You know, I, I think that that's what it takes to be great. You know, it's like because no one cares about women's basketball, we don't really pay attention to it. And if they get into the tournament this year, you know, we'll throw a parade for them, except that really wasn't the mentality with the men. And we're like, look, it's more than just getting to the tournament. It's winning and winning championships and being in the tournament with a chance to do something, you know, not just slide in as a nine or a 10 seed, you know, or an eight seed and you lose in that first round, which is something that could happen to Alabama. I mean, they could lose in the first round this year, but they're going to be a really low seed. I mean, you're talking about, you know, a two, maybe, uh, maybe a one. I mean, if they roll, look, if they, if they went undefeated the rest of the way, won the SEC regular season and then won the tournament, I mean, they could be a one seed. I mean, there's besides Gonzaga, there's no dominant team in the SEC, but it's exciting to see Alabama doing that. And then, you know, something else that, that I noticed was, um, and you and Tony Sukos did a nice job of covering this on Bama Insider. It's not only like we're talking about Alabama this year, but then you throw the recruiting aspect of it in there as well. And this guy's got, you know, he's going and getting the, the Pokemon happy meal, uh, you know, that comes with the, the trading cards. And trust me, I'm a kid. I, I'm there a lot now. He's got a McDonald's all American coming in JD Davison. So it's like building on the success, right? You have kids. Do you get the happy meals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we still, we still get one happy meal, but my, my 12 year old, and he's already he's moved up. I mean, he's he's uh he's, <laughs> he like he's uh he's like, oh, could I get a double quarter pounder? <laughs> you know, so he's he's a big dude. Big. He's got a big appetite, but I get what you're saying. I mean, JD <laughs> Davidson, by the way, um, McDonald's all American. So I mean, geez, Nate Oates is recruiting to the roof. He he's from Alabama, right? So um yeah. it, it's really incredible now living in the state of Alabama for going on five years. The amount of talent, not only on the football side, because Nick Saban does such a great job recruiting the, the home state of Alabama, right? But the basketball talent here is incredible as well um, to kind of see guys, um, you know, come from Alabama to the program. I think John Petty, right, not too far away. And, um, you know, to see what he's been able to do. And now J.D. Davidson, can't wait to see him. Um, I, I know he's got a big game on Friday night, McDonald's All-American. So you're right. I mean, Nate Oates, uh, what he's been doing quickly at Alabama, just year two, really excited. Can't wait to watch those guys. 8 p.m. tonight, right? Is that that's the that's the tip time, Mick? Yep. Yep. And it's interrupting my, uh, obviously, you know, we do our, our talk every Wednesday starting at six and then I normally slide over and watch AEW wrestling, you know, so we can break that down together. Right. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, I've been going, yeah. um, I've been going hard on, uh, so, so during, you know, the, the springtime, I'm like, for anybody who knows me, I'm like, I'm all gas, no breaks. I'm always like doing something like work wise, but, um, I, I fired up the Sopranos again. So I've been hitting the Sopranos hard. What's my, my favorite show? I love it. And uh, so I've been diving into that. Of course, you know, I just posted another video today. So definitely go check that out. We'll catch you, you know, um, you know, after the basketball game, we'll have uh, NATO's press conference and all that stuff right here on Bama Insider. What, what uh, I mean, just for the, uh, the sake of our audience, and I know there's a lot of people that are hanging right now wondering what what show and season are you at right now in Sopranos? Oh, I'm on. Um, so I they uh, they just blasted, um, you know, one of Tony's guys. And um, so I'm on season two. I don't want to say his name because I, it's like, you know, oh, it's expensive. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Tony had to take him out on a boat. And, you know, he was basically wearing a wiretap for, you know, for the police. And oh, they I remember that. that one. You know, yeah. Tony, Tony had basically just executed um, uh, Matt Bevilacqua because he had put a hit out on Chris and kind of that whole tie in. So, uh, you know, the Sopranos, I love it. I mean, there's only, so truth be told, there's only one show that was actually rated higher than the Sopranos, which is the wire, oh. um, the wire out in, uh, Baltimore, the Baltimore precinct. So, um, you know, you, you gotta go with those shows that have the high, I, I love Rotten Tomatoes. There's some people who go with it or, uh, yeah, there you go, Sean. Thank you. Yeah. Big P. Yeah. <laughs> I knew who you were saying, Sean. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Well, look, man, I, that, did you watch it the first time around or is, is this? No, no, you know what? I, I watched it for the first time like two seasons, like two years ago. And, um, you know, for everybody who's watched or hasn't watched it, I know, you know, kind of, you know, the length of it. I don't want to provide any spoilers because uh, I would tell my buddies that I was watching it for the first time. And they were like, oh, my goodness. They were like, 
you, I'm so jealous of you, but uh, you know, now yeah. watching it the second time, you continue to connect all those pieces. And um, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's uh, definitely a great show. I, I do Sopranos, I do uh, Mad Men, uh, The Wire. Um, I mean, you name it. I mean, I don't watch a ton of uh, shows. I, it, it, I like have to be like sold on my shows, but that's uh, that's how it is. Well, look, man, I agree. Wire's the best. Uh, Sopranos right there with them. Game of Thrones, if you guys would have just taken a little more time to finish off the the last season. If you'd have done it right, you'd, you'd have been right there yeah, with they, they, they scrambled. They, they, oh, didn't they, didn't, they didn't do it right. That's um, like it's like going through that. It's like that's basically like Alabama basketball right now. I mean, they're on fire, and then they get in the tournament and lose to the 16 seed. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, I mean – cinematography with like Khaleesi flying in on the dragon and like blowing up, you know, King's Landing, whatever at the end, like, that was pretty cool. But like how everything went down, I just didn't like it. So, um, you know, I think they're doing like a prequel or something like that to the game of Thrones. I mean, that would be, that would be like the game of Thrones. You'd have to watch that. Like what? Like three times to connect all the storylines. Cause there's so many different families. Yeah. But I, but I loved it. And I mean, they started off. I remember the first episode of game of Thrones, um, they started off and they just killed Ned Stark, like the main character. You're like, what? This show is lit. Um, so, yeah, uh, Game of Thrones, definitely a, a, a great uh, series as well. All right. I'm going to tell for John Martin, I'm going to tell you a couple Anthony Grant stories just so to let you know why I can't stand the guy. So I filled in for Chris Stewart doing play by play for a basketball tournament when Alabama played Maryland, which, by the way, was the school I transferred to, to Alabama from. And Anthony Grant wouldn't talk to any of us and made us sit outside of the room where you eat, you know, like the the eating the room where you um, basically when you go on a trip like that, everyone goes into you, you, you kind of travel with the team. You know, I was working for the Crimson Tide Sports Network. So we all travel together. And I just noticed that from some of the other people that were working with them, um, they, they were very uneasy. You know, and it was because of him. He just wasn't a good guy to be around. And maybe he was just nerd. I don't know. Maybe he just had some some issues as far as being worried about not having success with the job or whatever. So so anyway, it's we're in Puerto Rico. We got all this great stuff on the resort. And instead of him like saying, hey, I can do my my pregame interview. This is just one example because there's more at, you know, whatever, like 2.30, which is I'm sure with, with NATO, he's probably like, hey, come eat with us. We'll do it afterwards or be there at this time. Anthony would never do that. He, he just he, he just had this thing where he wanted to give you a hard time uh, and it wasn't in a fun way. And then I sit there and I, I, I wait an hour and a half. I, he finally comes out. And I'm asking him questions. He doesn't want to answer the questions. And then he whispers something into the old sports information director's ear. And the guy comes over and he's like, Anthony wants to know if you're, and he used the F word, a book. I'm like, look, I've got to fill eight minutes for this pregame show. You know, like, and apparently there were a lot more people that had stories like that. I'm just the guy on here telling you what happened with me, you know? And I mean, it was like, he just wasn't a good person. I mean, what else do you want me to say? He just, he just was mean to people, you know? And I worked with Wendell Hudson for six years, who was, who's the only guy that's got his out, his number retired at Alabama. He was the women's basketball coach. I've never been around a better human in my life. Not only did we get invited to all the food spreads and anything that the team was doing, he wanted you to bring your family. He, he wanted to do anything he could to make your experience at, at, you know, whatever we were doing, wherever we were going, the best it could be. And he was like that for all of his players as well. And you're talking about a guy who broke the – he was the first uh, African-American to go to Alabama on a scholarship. I mean, this is like a legend, right? And, and he just, you know, he just treated everyone with – class and integrity and i and it was like it, the exact opposite experience that that you know was and me thank god i just was doing a couple games but anyway that that's what one of the so stories. so my my story with uh i i didn't know grant so whatever i mean people some people like each other some people don't some people have different opinions whatever i don't care about you know all that stuff um avery johnson right for halloween he would give out to all the kids 
full size candy bars. Yeah, right. That's what I'm talking about, man. He's a great guy. <laughs> you know, look, if you're a parent out there and you have to buy candy, the full size candy bars are expensive. Okay. So everybody would go to, to Avery Johnson's house and he would be giving out not so like he wouldn't give out like one Snickers to like, you know, your your kid. He would give your kid like five full size different candy bars. So, I mean, you know, yes, he was getting paid a ton, but he was obviously he had a set budget out for candy for kids. So um, that was my experience <laughs> with Avery Johnson, other than, you know, he was a good guy and, uh, you know, Always you know nice. certainly doing a better job coaching the Alabama basketball team. And these guys just um, an hour away from winning the SEC. So we'll have to see what these guys do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's look, man, I mean, being around, you know, I, I've never been around anyone worse than Anthony Grant. But, you know, what? as a coach, I mean, you, you talk about someone that was right on the verge. Maybe, you know, you learn from experiences, right? Maybe you 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 go through it, you know, and you you don't succeed. And I think that was one of the reasons why he was let go so early. Um, you know, success on the court matters. But at Alabama, you'll get those extra years if people like you, you know, like if you're a likable person. Um, his date was he a Dayton, right? And they were like, they they were like a top ten team last year, you know. And so they would have been a high seed in the tournament. And uh, you know, I was curious to see kind of what happened there. And that's that's the tough part about what happened last year is we didn't have a tournament, right? So we don't really know what would have happened with with some of these different programs. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, you know, they they play so many games in basketball. It's just like it's kind of you know. I I know you love baseball and, and you know you know these these other sports, but it's like that's why I love football so much is because it's like it's all laid out within these twelve games, and you can really get to where you know how good these teams really are. Is where it's like basketball is like they win one game, then they lose a game, then they win three games, and then there's like there's seven more games still. You're just like, oh my goodness, just like is this team good or not? You know. That's why like March Madness is so exciting for uh, fans is because you're like, finally, this season's about to be over and we get to see who can finally, you know, win the title. And that's when you can see who can string along, you know, those final ending games. But too many games, in my opinion, for a lot of these sports, I think, you know, look, I, I get it. I'm a fan. I watch all these other sports as well. But like, you know, sometimes it's like so many sports have so many games like hockey. Um, they really need to be playing like 80 some games or baseball, 162 games. Um, I mean, come on. 162 games. Yeah, it's a lot of games. It's too many games. The good thing is, guys are like complaining about what 17 or 18 games. I mean, I don't know. It's just too many games. Well, the good thing is, like I said, at Alabama right now, you've got so many different programs that are poised for success softball, baseball, men's basketball tonight, obviously, with a chance to wrap things up. Uh, you know, even women's basketball, which I I, I want to see more accountability there. But look, they're, they're on the verge of making the tournament for the first time in 20 some years. So a lot of a lot of great things going on. Swim, I saw swimming and diving, men and women's golf. I mean, it's crazy, but it's all driven by football. Well, Kyle, I know you want to stay on and do another hour. You want to lead everybody right up to tip off of the basketball game. But, you know, it, we have to we have to bid everyone farewell now for the night. Uh, before we do, though, um, and we're, we're dismissing early for the basketball game. Uh, what do you have on tap and what do we got on tap this week at Bama Insider? Tons of stuff. Every single day there's, you know, there's a million stories that are pertaining to Alabama basketball, football. Uh, Ty Simpson commits on Friday, so definitely keep watch on that. Um, we'll have shows, uh, you know, every single day. Uh, we might have something special for you planned on Friday evening, so stay locked on. Um, you can follow us on all our social media channels, Bama Insider. We'd love to earn your business. Um, you know, I know super chats are tough for you guys, so um, you know. A, a thumbs up and a, and a like and subscribe would mean a lot to us right here at Bama Insider. All right, Kyle and uh, the rest of you guys out there. Thanks for watching. And again, subscribe, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel, the uh, Bama Insider YouTube channel. We appreciate all you guys. Big game for Alabama basketball tonight. We'll be covering afterwards. Don't forget Nate Oates and his press conference will be on as soon as that basketball game concludes and you'll be able to watch it right here on Bama Insider. So for Kyle, I'm Mick. Thanks, everybody. Roll Tide.